Support for Oyster World Radio comes from you, our listeners. If you would like to support the show, visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. For only $5 a month, you get all of the behind-the-scenes coverage of how these random interviews materialize, plus some travel tips. So don't miss out and support the show today. More support means meeting more people that you would normally never meet, less travel headaches while you're on the road, and you get to learn the ins and outs of everywhere I go. Become a Patreon and an expert traveler at patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio and support the show today. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. Hello, Oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and this is episode 50. Hard to believe that I've been on the road for over a year, and the trip is over halfway over. But don't worry, I'll keep the stories headed your way. I've really enjoyed bringing you these stories, and I want to thank every single one of you for tuning in to learn just a little bit more about the world. And that is why we are charging right on ahead in this episode as we hit the coastal town of Batumi, Georgia. Batumi is known for its cheese bread and black sand beaches, but our guest Emeta Iakovenka tells a different story. There was a moment in Emeta's life when there seemed to be no more options, nowhere to go, and nothing he could really do. From then on, it was up to Amida to create for himself. I think many people struggle with the prospect of creation, and it wasn't until Amida had to make some moves that the process became more clear to him. Luckily for Amida, he had been practicing how to create with his trusty piano for years. He just needed to translate it into normal life. How did he do that? Well, I guess you'll just have to find out. So grab a kachapuri, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Amida Iakovenka. Emeda, welcome to Oyster World Radio. We're really happy to have you on today. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Doing great, actually. Yeah, and we're sitting here in Batumi, Georgia, which is a wonderful little beach town that rains a lot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having us because this is our first time to Georgia and we, we love it here. It's a really, really nice country, though. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, and I'm surprised not very many people, at least in the Western part of the world don't know much about the country of Georgia. Oh, we always think of the state. It yeah, people say that it's really under underrated for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you lived here, so that's normal. You're like, well, this is just normal life. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it, especially for a travel destination, it's, it's definitely underrated. For one thing, too, the food <laughs> is yeah. absolutely amazing. One of my favorites in the world. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to live in many other countries, and I'd say that we really stand up yeah. high on that level, you know? Yeah, because it's just, I, it's the bread and cheese. It's got to be, bread and cheese is almost in every meal, and who doesn't like a combo of bread and cheese? Right. Yes. Mixed with fresh vegetables or something, just absolutely delicious. Right. Put some butter on there, and it's, it's <laughs> you're always eating good. Yeah, and there are many variations of that bread and cheese, and it's really surprising how many different things they can actually make with only two ingredients. Yeah, and we wanted to taste all of them, so we came to the we came to the right place. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. And I once again to the 
we didn't know much about Georgia and it has been really fun to see the, this country because it is a nice blend between Asia and Europe and a lot of it's considered a European country an Eastern European country, but there's, there's so many dimensions to Georgia. There are. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a huge history behind it, you know, so many different influences from, I don't know, you name the big culture around the world. And I said that, yes, we, ha- we do have an influence by that. We are influenced by that, I don't know, culture yeah. or invaders or whatever you call it. Well, yeah, because Georgia has had a war forever. It's like a perpetual yeah. war. <laughs> exactly. So Constantly holding off invaders. Every single page in our history is uh, has at least one war or one big invasion. Which is unbelievable. I mean... Uh, so yeah, I remember the chapters in Georgian history go uh, go by invasions, not not like big events. They go like <laughs> like Mongols invasions, and there'll be like Persian invasions, and then Arabs, and then Russians. The, the, those are the chapters. It just of keeps history. going. Yeah. Yeah. So no time periods. It's just like oh well, these guys invaded during this time. These guys invaded during yeah, this time. Yeah. Even you'd say it's the 21st century, and it should be everything should be over, but it's still an ongoing process, unfortunately. So well, yeah. We're still sort of like under the danger of uh, being swallowed by bigger, you know, game players. Yeah. Exactly. Especially with, uh, I mean, the Soviet Union was not that long ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Down in 19, the wall came down in 1989. So uh, I guess Georgia has been independent for not that long, or of course have had stints of independency before that, but was a part of the Soviet Union for a long time. Yes, very long time. And there are still people, many people living in that era and their, their psychology is a bit different from the newer generation. So it makes this country a sort of like a... Um, I know battlefield between the generation, I'd say, because their their philosophy of living and how the countries should be made up are a bit different from a new generation. So whoever was raised uh, looking up on the information on the internet and looking up on the Western civilizations, and yeah, that's a that's a big, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I bet because. Well, I get we were the enemy, the Western cultures under the Soviet rule. There was ca- capitalism and the Western world. That was the epitome of like, the enemy, right, to communism. Yeah. So then all of a sudden that switched. Now it's a more capitalistic society. And I'm glad it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I, I guess I didn't catch that, but I definitely noticed that the Georgian people were very laid back. And it, it, it seems like... It, just being here that the people have been through a lot just I can, I can tell that this country has just been through a lot through the demeanor of everyone's just laid back and life's good at the moment and they're really enjoying it or know how to enjoy it would you agree with that um not necessarily to some degree yes people will be more as you said laid back and might seem not not caring too much about their life but most people would be still unhappy with the, with the reality that Georgia is going through right now because it's the time when it changes, everything changes a lot and from a very poor country we're becoming less poor country and almost like not poor but then there's this moment where only a few cities like I'd say two cities are developing but 
rest of the country is still really poor and broken, I'd say. Yeah. So there are many people that are trying to escape this poverty and just go someplace nicer. But there's also the thing that they would think, they would think that anywhere is nice if it's not Georgia. But then they go out of the country and they face the reality that it's actually might be not much better in yes. different countries or in different places. So it's a big disappointment for those people, right? So yeah. they always hope to go someplace, I don't know, nicer, but there's not many places like that, you know. Yeah. You need to work hard and make make your living anywhere in the world. No matter how developed is the country you go to, you still need to really work hard. And if you really work hard, you can make life anywhere in the world, I think, right? Yeah, I would agree with that because every country has its own unique challenges. Absolutely. And there is no country without a challenge. It's the plague of people, I guess. We we always have challenges ahead of us. Yeah, there's this wrong stereotype that just going abroad would mean being okay, all right, doing okay, which I disagree with. Yeah. In some cases, it's even harder because it's not home. Everything is different. Yeah. And starting starting out from the scratch, everything is it's always a big challenge, and it needs it, it needs lots of things. It needs good education, hard working skills, and motivation, and I don't know anything. Yeah. Exactly. Well, amidst all of this, then there's you and your life and what what happened to you. And so let's let's get to let's get to your story and how you fit into the big Georgian picture. So you were born here in Batumi. I was born here. Yes, I was born in a suburb of the city, and then we lived. Me, it was me, my older brother, and my mom. We lived here in the city for five years, and then we moved to the village where there was this, like, uh, retirement home. Where... Yeah, so you're, you're one of the only people that I met that lived pretty much in the same city. The village that you're talking about is just up the mountain. You pointed to it when we were walking around. Yeah, it's... And you moved a lot within this one small area, which must have been pretty difficult for you. Yeah, I think this one, the place where I live right now, it's the seventh, no, sorry, the eighth place. The eighth place? Yeah. The eighth one. place in the one city. And this city's not so big. Either. It's small. So it's, it's a small city, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a lot of movement. It is a lot of movement. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I don't know, probably it's because I don't really like being stuck in just one place. I like to move around and like look for something more convenient or maybe better in terms of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Or there are just places that I don't get good vibes around. It can be just a neighborhood or maybe it's just the apartment itself that I don't get a good feeling from or something. And I just I just moved to some other place. No, I can I can definitely agree with that. But I know in the early days for you too, maybe that it's easier now because you're almost forced to when you were really young, you were five years old, but your parents divorced when they when you were really young. Right. So it was not always the choice. In the beginning, it was just the consequences that led or made me and my family to move around. Um, well, first of all, it was the financial problems since my family couldn't really afford having a place or renting out the place. We had to leave 
uh, somewhere where we would have some sort of support and that um, retirement home was at best, yeah, best probably, um, probably one of the best opportunities for us because we didn't have to worry about the rent or paying the bills like for any sort of facilities we have, I don't know, free electricity, free food. And it was just great for a single mom raising two kids. It was just an excellent choice. Yeah. So, and this, do, you were pretty young during this time too. So yeah. Do you remember uh, so what, it, what it, that kind of chaotic time was life? Because I was six years old, right, when we moved to the village to that house. And back then, I couldn't even realize what was happening in my life because living in the home with lots of elderly people. Um, in this one small room, like looking back, I don't know, it, it, it would be much harder if I would, if I was older, you know, like maybe 10 or 12 years old, because at that time you always realize what's happening around you. But being just five or six years old doesn't, doesn't affect you that much. It's just yeah. a, some random change in your life that you don't even realize what's happening. And I actually loved that time because there were lots of kids in the village and they just accepted you and they become our best friends and we were hanging out in the backyard of that retiring, retirement house. And it was a good time because we had lots of friends. It was just a big community of kids yeah. playing in the backyard every single day. So that was the best for me for, as for yeah. the kid. So even though it was you, your brother, and your mom in the small room, and were there, I'm guessing there was more families than in, in this community home? Uh, not exactly. So it was just one family. It was just us. The rest of the rooms were occupied by old people. So yeah, for me... Uh, but you were a kid, so yeah, it didn't matter. Kid, you, were, you had your friends, you were playing soccer, you were yeah. playing outside. It was great. Exactly. <laughs> And a little late, when I went to school, I went to the city school in a religious gymnasium. Mm -hmm. um, it was sort of like a religious school. Okay. So we had the regular subjects, but we also had some had some religious subjects. So I was in a private and one of the most elite schools in the city. So it was great for me. And I also started going to the music school. Um, so I was busy pretty much the entire day, so I couldn't even realize that something's not a right at yeah. my at my place. Meaning, I, I I'm not I, I was not having a regular life like other kids yeah. were having in my classroom or around me. Yeah, and there there was a moment. So this was pretty good, but eventually the house or you weren't able to go back, or the building was getting knocked down. I think I remember. And then you guys were out. You guys didn't have that space anymore. All of a sudden, you're on your own. Do you remember that day when you got the news that you had to move out or when uh, everything was changing? I remember that day perfectly because I was old enough. I was 18. Yeah, I was 18 years old. Um, so it was just one regular day, and I went back home from the city, and I saw my mom packing and I was surprised, I didn't know what was happening, and I got the news that the government decided to take the building down because they were building a new monastery. 
and we didn't get the alternative we didn't get the alternative so we were just on our own and i remember asking my mom where are we going and she said i have no idea and she said i just know that we need to vacate the place as soon as possible so that was a terrible moment what a moment so you you were having this time this village your friends everything and then that answer of like i don't know I don't know what yeah that do. I don't know was probably the worst answer I could hear because I I grew up believing that my mom always had an answer to the questions she was a good supporter she, um, she was a good moral support in any time but then I I saw her like not knowing what's what's what was coming next and it was just terrible to realize that actually something bad was happening in my life and there was no hope sort of you know yeah there's no real like you said the first time that you didn't have an answer and something so crucial you know a roof over your head one of the three basic needs of human beings being having a home and of course think about living on the streets and everything so so what happened next you said you were 18 years old I was 18, so back then my older brother was already working, so he took that responsibility to find a place, to rent a place, and fortunately there was a house in my village, and those people were renting out it for really cheap, so we got that house, it was just incredibly cheap, so... And yeah, we moved to that house, and fortunately the owners were kind enough to offer it to us because nobody lived there so they were just yeah they just understood our situation so they just let us live there for just i don't know <laughs> hilariously cheap yeah so that was i mean what a great act of generosity yes it, but what was going through your mind during this period i mean it's complete chaos it's one of the i mean just really hard to comprehend kind of struggle for a young man but then also, I mean, what, what did you do? Did you did you have to take a second to soak it in and formulate a plan? Or like what? how did you work through that in your mind? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a horrible news for me. But then there was a silver lining because, yes, we were moving out. We would no longer have support, financial, or any sort of support from the government. But then I was like... Well, that's the moment where we're going to be a real family on our own and not being dependent on anybody. That was actually good news for me. Of course, there were challenges. I knew that I had to find a job or I had to start making money. But that was a positive change for me because I was becoming an independent person, being able to support my own, maybe... um, my family as well just a little bit as much as I could so I yeah I started thinking about what to do so that was the year when I actually got an admission at the university I knew that I had to study really hard because there was no hope that anything else would happen in my life that could like give me again like opportunity to get some sort of support from the government I knew that that was not going to happen so I was studying really hard, and when you study hard, when you're a good student, people notice you, and they know that you are the person to rely mm-hmm. on. And started from the next year, one of my professors noticed me, and she was 
She was really supportive. She sent me some students that I helped with in one of the subjects. And next, I developed that feeling that I could actually do it for a living. And I started tutoring students. I was going to their places uh, in the city to, it was several different spots in the cities that I had to go to to teach my students. So that's how the teaching and tutoring started. It was actually a professor that yes. you and thought you would be a good candidate to begin teaching yeah. and helping other students because you were a music, you were studying music. I was still doing music, but uh, looking at the perspectives, it was really hard to make living out of music, especially here in the small town. There was there were not many perspectives, uh, so I decided to um, to get something more. I know something that would make me not regret in terms of the financial choices that I would make back then. Yeah. So I applied. Uh, so I got an admission at the university. I started my undergrad was in philosophy, but again, I was just an amateur, like dreamer sort of thing so yeah. I had no clear idea where that would lead me in the future oh, I think that's a common trap for most people that age of what the heck do I want to do for the rest of my life and you so, have uh, to run with some ideas so. <laughs> exactly yeah I started in philosophy because I because I loved thinking and that was probably the best uh, best choice for me to to get yeah. a major in philosophy. But then for my master, I switched to something more uh, practical. Yeah, so let's go back to the music for a second, too, because you played for 12 years. I, I mean, did. During this entire kind of uncertain time, a lot of moving around and everything, it seemed like music was always there yeah. for you. Music was always with me. You know how some of the people like go through the psychological sessions or something to the therapist to mm -hmm. uh, to have their, I don't know, to have mental yeah. health stable and not going crazy, not go crazy yeah. because of yeah. the, uh, I don't know, things going on in their life. I didn't really need that because I always had music. So it was not just a hobby. Yes, officially it was hobby, but it was more than hobby for me because playing music would would be like a good psychology session for me like good therapy yeah. so i never regretted spending any minutes playing piano or even practicing because i loved it it was it was like a way to shut down the reality around me so it was just me and music and nothing yeah. else even if it was just for a second just that creative outlet helped you through some tough times mm -hmm. would you say that that having that outlet really not only helped you through the hard times, but gave you something to to really call your own, because you were getting you know assistance for a living, and you, you you were still young, so you can work and support the family. But did it give you something that was that was yours to hold on to? Um, I don't know. I think um, in some ways, I think it made me a better person. You know. I believe that if you if you are really knowledgeable in music and if you play the instrument, uh, you are at least just a little bit a better person because you are familiar with this incredible world of music and you listened 
and you can understand and appreciate the like masterpieces that are written by those I don't know giant composers I'd yeah. say and if you can understand that and if you can comprehend that then I believe you can also comprehend beauty in some other uh, fields of science or anything else yeah I completely agree with that and I would almost extend that to most creative projects as well I think that's one of the best benefits of having an art type yeah. hobby is just this there's a lot of vague and uncertainty in mm-hmm. something like music you have all of these keys on the piano but how do you put them together in such beautiful pieces and it's the same for blank canvas or a graphic designer or whatever you want it to be and it, I, love, I love what you said about that it makes you appreciate beauty and other things especially the in, if you know the inner workings of something you begin to see the inner workings of lots of other things lots of other systems and things that were built i mean our society was built by us so you see how things work right also it also teaches the hard work because it's really hard to achieve something even small in piano and when you see that how those small things are achieved you can also understand how those like little achievements are done in other like let's say in sport right because in some way playing piano is sort of a sport because it's constant training and practicing for hours for, I don't know, dexterity and uh, for uh, preciseness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a big investment of time. And when you've done it, you know that some people in other fields also have done it and you can appreciate that their hard work and their efforts. And it's not just art or sports. I think it's, it's more broad. It can be, I don't know, economics or anything else. It can be any profession. If somebody, I don't know, achieved something, that means they really worked hard. Yeah. In most of the cases, you know, there yeah. are some <laughs> fortunate. It's unfortunate one-hit wonders, of course, right. but it's very uncommon compared to the ones that put it into the work. Yeah, most of the time I'd say it's just hard work that pays off. Yeah. So going circling back to your story, too, so you ended up changing directions from something that was clearly very important for you. Was that also a really hard decision to make? Or what we were talking about, the, the intricacies of it, did playing the piano actually help you begin your tutoring profession or was it more of a uh, a harder switch actually dropping something that you really love and starting something new um i just begin i just began understand that music was something more intimate for me it was just for me and not for the larger audience i knew that i was the one enjoying it the most i just decided to kept it for myself to keep it for myself and that was the moment when I decided to um, learn something new, something more practical in terms of the, again, financial interest. Um, and so I guess that was, that was the reason why I switched. Yeah, and looking back now, I know that, that that's a very common thought is that you should follow and do what you love for work, but it seems like you kept what you love for yourself and then went and chased other work opportunities did you looking back on that decision now do you say that 
was really beneficial to have that separated? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm still playing. I'm, I'm just having a break right now, but I, I can say that I, I still play. And when I have an opportunity, I just make recordings and I like to uh, re-listen or re-watch my recordings and I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 almost like my own art, my own creation, you know, and yeah. I, I like that process and I, I don't think I, I need more than that. That's 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 what I enjoy and that's kinda enough for me. And I, I, I think that it was a um wise investment of time learning this skill. Yeah. It helps me a lot. Especially if it makes you happy, of course. Right. Yeah. And it seems to have paid off because here you are in your own apartment. Coming from the past that you had, you're completely 100% self-sustained mm -hmm. and even went and studied in the U.S. for two years and have come back. Right. And, it, and how, does it, how does it feel also to finally make the jump and make the jump from being completely government subsidized to being on your own, but then also, you know, still having the hobbies that you love tied in with a practical job that you seem to enjoy mm -hmm. it, i'm sure you feel feel great now <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong i do feel absolutely great and now i'm more confident there are that there are more opportunities that we think they there are i mean there are just endless opportunities to be successful you just i believe that you just need to believe that they are there I mean, it's it's a constant process of searching and succeeding. But no searching, there's, there's no succeeding. Yeah, if you don't go out and try things, then there's nothing. Right, nobody's knocking on your door and offering you something great no. unless you go out yeah. from your comfort zone, leave your comfort zone and try something challenging. Yeah, and I also, I, I like the theme too, it's... There's two aspects of life that, especially people in the in the U.S. and our culture, it seems like we always are constantly trying to monetize and up our work life. Mm -hmm. But you're someone that actively chose to not go through the hours and struggle to become a musician, but keep that for yourself. And I love that theme of you need things for yourself, and especially art. I mean not having the pressure to sell it and cater to an audience and have it be fully you mm -hmm. is a lot more freedom than, and I think really helpful for the psychological benefits we were talking about as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it sounds, maybe it, it might sound a bit selfish, but it, it's this degree of selfishness, which I think is acceptable. Yeah. Well, you got to be happy in life, right? You got to enjoy the time that you got. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Amanda, thanks for coming on the show and talking with us. But before you go, if I know a lot of people, like we were just talking about, are struggling. We have everyone has pain points in their life, and the the one pain point that really stuck out in, in your life was that, that bad news. You know that it seemed like things were working, and you had everything covered, and all of a sudden, a big just a splash of uncertainty in your life and for for people listening out there that have gotten bad news before or are stuck in a state of uncertainty and don't exactly know mm -hmm. what to turn what to do or what to to turn to what would you say to some of the listeners out there 
they're facing something like that. I mean, there's no there's no way to predict the future, but just looking at other people who succeeded in their lives, they they also had their hard moments, but they succeeded. And if something is possible for somebody else, then it should be also possible for the people who are having a hard time right now, right in this moment. So um, you just need to believe that it's not the end. It just one of the small hills in the big picture of mountains you just need to overcome that hill and you'll see the big picture of bigger and beautier more more beautiful future you just need you just need to believe and try not just believe just believing doesn't really help you also need to take action and be uh i don't know brave and active and uh, you need to make decisions you it, it, it's not just you think or it's not just you try to see it's not just that you actually need to act and that's what that's what i that's i believe what matters the most but i would repeat myself again that it's not the end there's also something better coming up in anybody's life you just need to try really hard to get to make it a reality. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the show. Wow. What a message. I think we forget that sometimes, you know, and, and hope for some savior when the savior could be us. We just have to keep. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Thank you, sir, for coming on the show. This was a great chat. And for everyone there listening at Oyster World Radio, just Get out there and try stuff, you know? You never know what you're going to come across. Either it's personal life improvement with art or something. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I I believe it's a positive message for anybody. And I believe after listening to stories like this, they'll just decide to actually act. I I love it. So thank you, sir, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and thanks for everyone listening out there, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio, episode 50. And thanks again, Meta Iakovenka, for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed every last piece of those leftover pieces of cake. It was my one regret leaving those behind. Don't worry, we'll be back for more. Keep up to date on everything going on in the big sabbatical on Instagram at Nathan.Wanders and the blog of my partner in crime, Jackie Gishbacher, at GishOutOfWater.com. Check out the links in the show description for more information. Special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check him out on Spotify or at CharlieMilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N at Patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio for only $5 a month. You get all of the behind the scenes plus some unique travel tips, so don't miss out. Thanks again for tuning into Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars and thinking about all time that's gone by It's time for a change in my day-to-day scene Time to